The reading is from St. Paul's letter to the Galatians. Let us be attentive. Brethren, you know that a man is not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. Even we have believed in Christ Jesus in order to be justified by faith in Christ and not by works of the law. Because by works of the law shall no one be justified. But if in our endeavor to be justified in Christ, we ourselves were found to be sinners, is Christ then an agent of sin? Certainly not. But if I build up again those things which I tore down, then I prove myself a transgressor. For I through the law died to the law, so that I might live to God. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Peace be to you, the reader. Be attentive. Glory to you, O Lord. Glory to you. At that time, as Jesus arrived at the country of the Gadarenes, there met him a man from the city who had demons. For a long time, he had worn no clothes and lived not in a house but among the tombs. When he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell down before him and said with a loud voice, What have you to do with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I beseech you, do not torment me. For he had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man. For many a time it had seized him. He was kept under guard and bound with chains and fetters. But he broke the bonds and was driven by the demon into the desert. Jesus then asked him, What is your name? And he said, Legion, for many demons had entered him. And they begged him not to command them to depart into the abyss. Now a large herd of swine was feeding there on the hillside, and they begged him to let them enter these. So he gave them leave. And the demons came out of the man and entered the swine. And the herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and were drowned. 
When the herdsmen saw what had happened, they fled and told it in the city and in the country. Then people went out to see what had happened, and they came to Jesus and found the man whom from, from whom the demons had gone, sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right man, and they were afraid. And those who had seen it told them how he who had been possessed with demons was healed. Then all the people of the surrounding country of the Gadarenes asked him to depart from them, for they were seized with great fear. So he got into the boat and returned. The man from whom the demons had gone begged that he might be with him. But he sent him away, saying, Return to your home, and declare how much God has done for you. And he went away, proclaiming throughout the whole city how much Jesus had done for to you who proclaims the gospel. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The conflict in Ukraine. How many of you know absolutely nothing about it? It's okay, you can raise your hand. Absolutely nothing about it. Okay. So you can ask the people to your right and left. (laughs) But for the rest of you, and for those of you who know nothing about what's going on in Ukraine, just imagine another situation, because there are plenty that are similar to this. But for the rest of us, I only have to say the word Ukraine. And immediately synapses start firing. You have recollections of this or that that have occurred. Opinions you've read, curiosities, maybe even frustrations, anger. There's a storm that's been brewing in the church. We can read about it all in the news. The big crashing waves of the hierarchies and nationalism, the looming clouds of disunity and faction, the lightning bolts of allegations, of reproaches. It's a big storm. But the storm isn't new. It goes back to a little rowboat on the Sea of Galilee. We read about that in the Gospel just before the Gospel that we read today. So last Sunday we read the parable of the sower. He finished telling that parable and then he and his disciples got in the boat to sail across the Sea of Galilee to the country of the Gadarenes, which is where we pick up on the Gospel today. But as they're sailing across the sea, Jesus falls asleep on this little rowboat and a huge windstorm comes. The waves are crashing and everything is going haywire and the disciples are in great fear. And they say to him, Master, Master, we are perishing. And in the Gospel of Mark, it's more pointed. It says, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And what does the Lord do? He replies, Why are you so fearful, O you of little faith? Why are you so fearful? And of course, he stands up and rebukes the waves and the wind, and immediately it's calm. There was a great calm, as it says. Try to imagine what that was like. 
if you've been in a big storm, maybe driving around here in town, and instantaneously, it's gone. You see, storms are not new in the church, which is also called the Ark of Salvation. This ship has always persevered through the storms, and will always, because it's Christ's church. Breaks in communion, even, are not uncommon. Even here in America, just in the last 50 years, we have the Russian Orthodox Church outside Russia, Rokor. We have the OCA, which was the Metropolia, and they were not in communion. So this is not uncommon. Now, all of this is not to minimize the discord, but it's simply to say storms will come. And the fact of storms should not be disconcerting. The question is, how do we respond to the storms? How do we respond? Do we respond like the disciples? Say, Master, we are perishing. Do we become fearful? Do we become anxious, worried? Maybe get way too interested in finding out all the little bits of facts, of information of who did what and where. Meanwhile, our Lord is right next to us in close proximity, and He's able to end any storm, any conflict like that. He's the God who immediately stopped the raging waves and the wind. He's the God who can completely suspend all the laws of nature. Why? Because He made the laws of nature. Just yesterday we celebrated St. Erasmus of Cephalonia. And St. Erasmus, you can go see him today. He lived 500 years ago, but you can go see him today because his entire body is incorrupt on the island of Cephalonia. And every year the people there do a big procession with his relics. You can actually touch his relics. Also on that island, there's another miracle that occurs at the monastery that he founded, a women's monastery. Every year around the time of Dormition, these snakes come out of a bell tower. And they come into the church, and they come and cluster around the icon of the Panagia during the Dormition. Every year this happens. Don't believe me? Go look on YouTube. Snakes of Kefalonia, Snakes of the Virgin Mary. There are documentaries about it. This is one of the many ways in which our Lord suspends the laws of nature. Just to show us He can. Why? To remind us that He's right there. Even if we think that He's sleeping on the boat, He's not. He never sleeps. It's a spiritual storm in the Ukraine and in Moscow and in the Ecumenical Patriarchate. It's not a political storm. It's not an ethnic storm. It's not a national storm. It is a spiritual storm. And if we remain in the worldly realm, we lose sight of what's really at stake. The Ecumenical Patriarchate is not my enemy. The Patriarch of Moscow is not my enemy. Those hierarchs in the Ukraine are not my enemy. We have one enemy. Furthermore, this is all way beyond the sphere of my own influence and of your influence. It's like being one of the disciples in the boat and thinking that we can have any say over the change of weather. Of course not. We have no control over it, and no amount of Facebook posts will make that otherwise. This is not our conflict, and thanks be to God that it's not our conflict. It is a conflict of the church, the body of Christ, against one enemy. And in that, there is only one way that we can have any say in this. And that is, of course, prayer. 
You say, but Father, you always tell us prayer is the answer. But what else is the answer in this? Certainly not anything to do with TV or internet or talking to people or getting into arguments. None of that, we can say very definitively, will have any effect upon the outcome of this situation. None of it will. The only thing that we can do is pray. Because through prayer, we're metaphorically, if you will, waking up our Lord. But it's not in fear. We're simply saying, Lord, we know that you can handle this situation. We ask that you handle this situation. Rather than us being a part of that whole mess that makes us working with the enemy, we choose to work with our Lord. Because, in fact, there is only one other way that we can respond to the situation in the Ukraine besides prayer. We can be pigs. In the Gospel today, we hear about the Gadarene demoniac. And in that Gospel, our Lord comes off the boat and this demoniac comes before Him, falls down before Him, is fearful. And our Lord, as we all know, casts out the demons that are in Him, sends them into the swine, and the swine rush down the steep bank into the lake and perish. So how are we like those pigs? Well, the pigs were not connected to the demoniac. They had no connection between them. They just happened to be there. We, likewise, have no direct connection to anything that's going on in any of the conflict in the church. However, the pigs, being in proximity, were affected by the demoniac's affliction. Just as we too can be affected by the, demon, by the demonic work that is going on. And forgive me, I'm not trying to say that the people involved are that. But we have to remember that the devil is at work in this situation. And we, as the saying goes, can take it and run with it. Because we can read about these things, and then we can allow all of this to, to work up all of it that it will inside of us. And so we can actually cause more sin to occur in the earth. The other thing that's similar with the pigs is that they became more passion-filled than the demoniac. Think about it. He was raging around the tombs. He was breaking off chains. But he wasn't killing himself or anyone else. Those pigs, once they got filled with that, right down the hill, they perished. So my brothers and sisters, we too have the danger of becoming overcome with the passions, with anger, with fear, with anxiety, even to the point of risking our eternal life. We become so frustrated, so angry, so fearful, that we rush down the steep bank into the lake. Or another way to look at it is we walk right out of the Ark of Salvation, thinking that it's somehow better for us to be out there on the open water all alone. But for all the similarities between the pigs and how we can respond in this situation, there's one difference. The pigs, they didn't have a choice. They were just there. We have a choice. We can choose to be like those pigs or not. We can choose to let whatever sin is occurring in this situation that's far around the world from us, we can choose to let that sin be attracted to us. 
And we can take that on as our own, and the result can be much worse. So we have a choice. We have a choice to turn off our TV, to stop trolling the underbelly of orthodoxy online, and it's there. To kill our curiosity and stop having arguments. These are all choices that we have. And I'm making it pretty stark. We have prayer, but we can be pigs. Does anyone have any questions? (laughs) Our only recourse is prayer. Because through prayer... This is how we can keep ourselves away from the sin that exists in this situation. Through prayer, we can then not become impassioned ourselves. We cannot get angry and frustrated and lash out at people or have worries and fears what's going to happen with the future of the church. Only this is through prayer. So if you're really concerned about the situation, then pray. In fact... I'll be gone much of this coming week, but the week after that, on Thursday, November 1st, we'll do a paraclysis. That'll be at 6.30 like usual. And that paraclysis will be dedicated to the situation that's going on in the church. So if you've spent any time on the internet or on the TV learning about this situation, that much time at least you can spend in communal prayer. So please come and join us, because the church needs our prayer. The church is completely unshakable, and yet scandals and all kinds of things happen in the church. And our only response is prayer, and that is our sacred obligation to Christ's holy body and blood. So may we pray and do nothing else. Amen.